If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Okay. Free uh, talk. Hi. 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 Hi, Marlea. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Hi, y'all. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't make a drink I tonight. I just showed between up. Me, between me and Courtney, because Patrice did like all the things today. Like we got here, and Patrice is like making us dinner, and already had a drink made, and we're just like, God bless you. Oh, so nice. <laughs> I love it. Man. She's amazing. My week off. Thank, Thank you. you, Patrice. Oh, man. I'm always, I, I wish it was a little bit more relaxed, but I always kind of panic bake, panic cook. Do you panic cook? <laughs> I panic cook when, people, when I'm cooking for people. I'm like, oh, my God, people. I didn't get the time yeah, right. It's just yeah. like I feel like, blah, 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 blah. but, you know, I got my steps in because I fucking went up and down <laughs> the basement stairs like four million times. But it's fine. I'm, I'm happy what's happening out there. Y'all, I bought myself a Mother's Day grill. Mm-hmm. It's shiny. I am so... It's lovely. ...happy with that purchase because we are going to fucking grill all summer. Yay! Multi-burner. All the things. It's got a little... Yeah, it's got right all the things. Right outside the pod mm-hmm. basement. It's right out there. I've got my lights going. I bought some lights. I'm going to string up I see right those there. cafe That's lights so cool. right there. Yep. So... Things are happening. <laughs> the the summer is, is coming. Summer is coming, and I am yes. ready because I am unemployed. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be working the hustle. Do it. So <laughs> I did cook, and I did the cocktails, and we had like... Usually Cinco de Mayo and the Kentucky Derby don't line up. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah it was weird. It was weird because it was like Cinco de Mayo, Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it like was, party all the time. Right. And then both have drinks associated with them. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I went to KentuckyDerby.com and I did not know that like the Woodford Reserve bourbon is like, I think the official bourbon of the Kentucky Derby, which mm. is. A, yeah, they a, were showing it on TV yesterday yeah. they were making cocktails mm-hmm. from right. their live yeah with wood so yeah so all of these cocktails I um i was like so i want to make because you know usually it's like the mint julep or mm-hmm. the um the mule it's oh. not russian mule but it's like kentucky right? mule kentucky mule so i was like yeah let me make something from there but let's not do that uh because I know how you feel about ginger beer. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay. Don't like it. This one is called the Woodford Re- Reserve Spire. 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 Interesting. Yeah. But I didn't have any Woodford Reserve. <laughs> so this is the Bullet Rye Spire, Kentucky, still Kentucky bourbon uh, drink. And it has uh, about. Do you, do you say, like, do you do the recipe when you talk mm, about your... I just tell, tongue? yeah, what's in it. Yeah, okay. I'll just be like, I have a... So it's it's got, like, um, a one and a half ounce of the Bullet Whiskey. It has two ounces of lemonade, an ounce of cranberry juice, and a lemon twist. 
Mm-hmm. And it's poured over ice, and it is delicious. You can mm-hmm. make it ahead, which is very easy. Yep. It's an easy, summery, you know, let's go kind of drink. Um, and it is tasty. And it's refreshing. And it's, it's tasty good. and refreshing. It is, and it's good for your kidneys because it has cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So See, don't worry. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Patrice. It's very Thank good. You. Thank and you. it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It is pretty. But I don't. Check that, yeah. Check out that website, the Kentucky Derby Cocktail. I think Kentucky it's Derby Cocktails or okay. KentuckyDerby.com. And it mm-hmm. has all like 10 cocktails on there that all looked absolutely delicious. I don't know who won. I saw a lot of the before the I'm Kentucky not, Derby, well, and then Mage. I missed the actual race because what, it's only was like a horse five called minutes. Mage, I think, that was not supposed to win because like there were seven deaths, like seven horses died, not mm-hmm. at the Derby this week. No, uh, well, because I knew that they'd said that there was a trainer that, or a, a trainer, I think, that was being censured or something because of the number of horses that had died in his care. Um, damn, I, I know that they scratched somebody week. scratched yesterday the, that was a favorite. The one, yeah, the one that was like whatever supposed yeah. to win, they had to put down. It they says, put it down. Oh my god! It <gasps> says seven horse seventh horse dies at churchill downs in lead up to main event (gasps) two more horses have died at churchill downs in the lead up to the kentucky derby chloe's dream a three-year-old gelding and freezing point a three-year-old colt were euthanized after sustaining (gasps) injuries during uncar undercard races a total of seven horses have died at Churchill Downs in the days leading up to the 2023 the fuck? Kentucky. How does at that happen? At least two of the horses, Wild on Ice and Take Charge Brianna, were euthanized while competing or training in the week leading up to the Derby. Two horses trained by Sappy Joseph Jr. died suddenly yeah. as the Derby approached. They suspended jo- Joseph Jr. on Saturday. Yeah. That is insane. It's crazy, man. Oh, that sucks. That's so sad. I know. I know. I hate that you have to... I don't understand the whole horse thing. Like, I mean... They break a leg, they get put down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, you can't put a horse, like, in a wheelchair. I understand that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Me too. There's got to be something better, though, than just killing them. They make little scooters for dogs (laughs) that don't have legs. Yeah, you would think that there would be something, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's been a really long time since I looked into any of that. I just know that that was like, that was kind of protocol. Well, yeah, I mean, I know from the Westerns, like, oh, I was dead, just shoot it in the head with a pistol. Mm -hmm. But like, I thought. I mean, these horses are worth millions of dollars, mm-hmm. so they don't just take it lightly. You know, somebody's not just killing that horse if they could fix it. Mm-hmm. But that, that is know. weird. Yeah, it is. And weird. then, of course, they're insured, so maybe they're doing it for the insurance money. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <gasps> it's like a murder Scandal. mystery, possibly. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we're gonna have to put this on the list then. I guess we're gonna. Have what to look somebody more. needs I mean, to know? Southern... What about Kentucky Derby horse deaths? That's right. I bet there is, is something there. I feel like there's possibly a conspiracy going on. That's sad. It it's is seven? super sad. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. But it's odd to me that two were injured in undercard races before. Like that doesn't. That just doesn't seem to. I don't know. I don't know what are statistics they pushing are. Them too hard? Well, and that's like, what, what I'm wondering. Or thing? is there something wrong with the track? Or is there something? That's why like, the way it says it's all at Churchill Downs yeah, is weird. Because like. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I thought my understanding used to be that if a horse damaged its legs, that it wouldn't heal. I mean, like that was just kind of the, like if they broke a bone, mm -hmm. that horse's life is basically over and everything left is going to be pain and you might as well just finish Probably, it Probably, I mean. And um, well, so, that but I don't know. Sense, I mean, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. The, the most I know about is like I watch... Um, all things great and small. Mm. All, creatures. all creatures great and small. Great and small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, I love that BBC series. Mm. I used to read all those books. And I love those books. Yeah. Are fantastic as well. Yeah. And they would have to put a horse down because they broke a leg. Animals are weird, though. You know, like, I, did you know that sharks have to move or they die? Mm -hmm. I, if I sharks aren't swimming, they die. Did mm -hmm. you know that, that, that dolphins can't sleep? Mm -mm. I didn't know that. I found this out because my friend Ellen uh, recommended this podcast called Ologies. And I listened to the first one. It's Delphinology. And it's like, uh, because this lady basically goes and interviews these people who are just like, just passionate about whatever it is that they study, whatever science it is that they study. Just these really obscure little tiny things that you just probably wouldn't necessarily put a second thought into. But then there's this one scientist that's just like, bizarrely obsessed with it. And you get to listen to this person geek out on the show which is really kind of oh, cool that is cool and so it's just these random scientific topics and this one was the dolphin mm -hmm. and the guy one of the things that they got and they did two episodes with this guy he was so just like there was so much stuff and a lot of it was weird sex stuff so i don't know it's just it's disturbing but dolphins weird sex stuff. so much dolphin weird sex stuff y'all I'm, I'm not even not even kidding you got to listen to the show okay I, i'm but, about to, but this, this is weird this this part though was that dolphins they don't sleep because they have to go up to breathe you know and they stay underwater but they have to go up to breathe and only half of their brain sleeps at a time so they're always sort of awake so like if so you see a dolphin sleeping so that they don't drown because they, otherwise they'll drown if they go to sleep they'll drown they don't have they're not like you know otters or seals that like can are just so go fat up. that mm -hmm. they just kind of float and stuff exactly well, they, they, can they, just they go have up to on go land. but yeah. they have to intentionally like go up and breathe and come back down or what about whales do whales sleep um i don't know this didn't talk about whales okay but i mean <laughs> it's the same idea they yeah. he said that if you ever see a dolphin that's just kind of like swimming along and it doesn't really look like it's doing anything and one of its eyes is closed and one of its eyes is open what? that's as asleep as they get what that like dolphins so i'm like okay well there's weird shit about dolphins there's weird shit about horses like maybe they can't like move after they break a leg i don't know but yeah, there's some weird shit about dolphins, right? I'm sorry, but this makes me not trust dolphins at all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should listen to the whole thing. I don't think you should trust dolphins. I don't trust dolphins I wouldn't at all. swim with dolphins after listening no, to this No, I am very disturbed all the YouTube videos of like dolphins trying to hunt people. Dolphins are sexy beasts. Yeah. yeah. Dolphins are rapey. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're rapey. Are a little rapey. Yeah. <laughs> they are, are a little rapey. rapey. <laughs> Apparently, otters are way worse. So if you want to like, yeah. So what is this podcast called? It's called Ologies. Because while they Ologies. were talking about how rapey dolphins are, they were like, okay, this isn't going to ruin you on dolphins the way that I know we already ruined you on otters. And I'm like, search, search, otters, otters, otters. <laughs> Ologies with Allie Ward. That's the one. Yeah. Thank, thank Ellen, our friend Ellen, Thanks, for Ellen. recommending this. But like, I, I'm a. It's really fun. It's a cool show. So I can actually think of a couple people that I know that would be great candidates for talking on it because they're so good at geeking. It's out a part on their own two subjects. dolphins. Yeah, there's two dolphin episodes. Yeah, it's the same guy. Wow. They just couldn't fit it all into <laughs> one. Here's one. 
field trip, my butt, a colonoscopy ride along, and it's a how to. It's amazing. It's really funny. It's a cool show. So yes, yes. As much as we can signal boost anyone, I would like to single signal oh boost that one because it's really fun. Oh my gosh. And I didn't even intend that to be a pre-show, but it just came up because we were talking about horses, horses. being weird. Well, here yeah. we go. There so we that's go. our pre-show. Also, one more thing. I'd like to thank Brooke for calling us out on the whole mapping of things that we keep talking about <laughs> doing on like the past 130 Wait, something what? episodes. I did notice that. She was like, whatever happened to that map you said you were going to do? <laughs> Thanks, oh, Brooke. Wait. I missed this. Did she call you she out? Goes, Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Brooke. I guess we're going to fucking do it now. <laughs> you know, there were so many great plans for it that was like, we're going to put oh, a little like icon on each one. Know, I have that map actually working, y'all. And we are fixing to change the um, website mm-hmm. up and do a new website. And just because our old one's kind of hinky and we hate it. <laughs> so it, hopefully it looks great for you guys. But like for us, it is a fucking it, nightmare. It is a nightmare. Yeah. So hopefully we are, that's going to happen this summer. Don't call me out, Brooke, if it does happen. <laughs> and then I would really love to do a map of all the things uh, that we have talked about in the past. You know what will help with that? Booze. AI. Oh. 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 <laughs> Shit. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of AI, I did submit my paper. You did? For Richmond, <gasps> Virginia on AI. Yeah, man. You already did? I so did. good. I did. I can't wait. And guess what helped me? AI. AI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, come on. That's what you got to use it for. That'll be my other podcast, y'all. I can't wait. Stay tuned. Don't call me out, Brooke, if I don't do it. (laughs) All right. We'll start in just a second. (laughs) Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. figured that out i don't even know what that was except, except for like y'all are like you know very engaged and then i come on i'm like well <laughs> I mine sounded dumb on the last one <laughs> wait for it so <laughs> It's like, what was that cute movie? I was grown when it came out, real grown, like 40. Uh, the, the sloth. It was uh, Zootopia. Zootopia. That was so cute. Uh, That's sloth. I'm, the, I'm the sloth of the group. And he drives faster than anyone else. See, there you are. <laughs> but I don't even do that. I drive like a grandma. <laughs> oh, I might have to get my glasses for this from now on. Hold on. Oh, no. I, I ancient. Do I need to start a GoFundMe somewhere? Like, we'll get the LASIK surgery that she needs. <laughs> I just feel like I'm too old for LASIK. Jesus. Jesus. LASIK? I don't know. LASIK. I'm sorry. You need LASIK too. <laughs> Wait, which one is the which one's your water pill? <laughs> LASIK is the water pill. Water. Water. 
All right. I have a story. Yay. Oh, good. Kiss is a bit of a shock to me. <gasps> it's a shock to you? What? That I even got a story. Oh. oh no, no. I was like, Ooh. actually, no, it was a bit of a shock. It wasn't what I was planning on doing. I was like, oh, I've got a decision. And then I started looking into it. And then I found this. And I was like, well, that's the thing. And you'll be surprised at first because it's not going to sound like the thing. But here we go. I got um, my uh, my sources for this were primarily a website called Makeup Museum. Mental Floss also, a mm-hmm. um, book called The Pit, The New York Times, and uh, San Francisco Gate. So this happens in the early 60s and, uh, no, late 60s, early 70s. There used to be a makeup and skincare line called Holiday Magic. Holiday Magic. What? I had never 60s? heard of this. No. In the 60s? Launched technically in 1964. Ooh. I had never heard of this. It was like completely, I was just like, well, this must have just been a flash in the pan. The skincare that they sold was advertised as being fruit-based. So they had products like lemon face splash, mint ice honey, almond scrub, papaya dew, moisture cream, strawberry frappe, cleanser. Sounds like now. It sounds like Starbucks menu. (laughs) I was just going to say something. I'll say that for, leave it for the after talk. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I think I know what you're thinking. It sounds like. Like, our pre-talk, pre-talk. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We'll have to bring that up again later so that we can let everybody know all of the slices of wisdom that we were sharing before the show. Right. These were originally marketed as all national, all national, hmm, all natural, made of natural fruits, nuts and berries, stuff like that. Nuts and berries. Just in there. Nuts and berries. (laughs) With your berries and cream. What's the thing that you use? Loofah? Did you shave cheese with? <laughs> oh my God, a cheese grater! Grater, you're just grating almonds, just grating almonds into and strawberries, all natural mm-hmm. somethings. So put it in a blender. Like I said, it launched in 1964, and within a year of its launch, Holiday Magic had made its owner, a man named William Penn Patrick, a millionaire. And by 1967, the company was allegedly earning six million dollars per month, according Shit. to the Makeup Museum. But less than 10 years after that, William Penn Patrick is dead. Uh oh. His companies are associated with 24 deaths, class actions, and lawsuits for false advertising, slander, fraud, and personal injury, as well as an FTC investigation. What is that what happened to the horses God. at the Derby? So how, so how did we get here? My God. How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> So, okay, so um, William Penn Patrick is like the the quintessential bootstraps guy. He was born on a farm near Roper, North Carolina, 1930. And later he said that he left the farm at age 15 with nothing more than a borrowed $5 and a cardboard box with some clothes in it. Though there was like a Newsweek article that I spent way too much time trying to find and never did, <laughs> where that interviewed his dad. It was in 1967. And the dad was like, he didn't lack anything. He just left because he wanted to leave. <laughs> he just <laughs> left. <laughs> he just left. I tried to find more about his childhood in North Carolina. And his time in North Carolina and Florida, which he went to the Air Force and he was in Florida for a time. And I didn't have any luck finding any information about him at that time. But he went to the Air Force after he left home. He attended the University of Illinois for a brief time. And then he went all the way across the country to Sacramento. He went to Sacramento State College. Um, He studied history and political science. But he... I, it's not clear whether he actually got a degree there or not. I know he taught 
like middle school or something like that to kind of put himself through the college courses that he was in. But he, he for the rest of his life, talked about how like formal education is just a, a, a sham, which, you know. Like, Wait, you went to college, at uh, least yeah. for a part of the time. Uh, no, he went to like a couple like colleges. <laughs> and, you know, he so later he's interviewed after he makes his millions of dollars saying like, fortunately, the education didn't take. So, you know, he's one of those like, he's um, one of those. There are so many people out there today that are touting, like, you don't need a college education. Yeah. But they are like fully college educated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So he's he's one of these guys. That's going to be my next podcast. So he's in. <laughs> okay, that's two you've listed uh, so far. Don't call me out. <laughs> so he's in California now. He starts a series of business ventures. Most of it's he's interested in sales stuff, which is a shocker, right? So he's in sales and all of these business ventures fail and fail and fail and fail. He goes through a bankruptcy. He loses like 10 businesses. Well, and he's in San Rafael, California one day. It's 1964. He walks by a garage sale where somebody is selling just like a slew, like an inventory, a complete inventory of cosmetics and skincare products from a company called Zoline. And this product was made originally by two women in San Rafael and they're liquidating. And it's not clear if they were like closing down the business and selling off all of their supplies or if they were just kind of making space. But one way or another, he sees this as an opportunity for himself. He gets $16,000 out of savings, which I was like, how, wow. did, you, how did you get here? How wow. do you have $16,000 in your savings, first of all? For real. Be like, who, who, who is that? I know, right? I was like, yeah. That, <laughs> in 1964. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he's 34 years old and he's got all this. And he's gone through bankruptcies and he's gone through all this other stuff. But he, he buys their entire inventory of cosmetics. And he starts his own business with their product. And he calls it Holiday Magic. And he does make a contract with the women who created Zoline um, to supply him, I guess, exclusively maybe with their <clears throat> cosmetics. And he sells it under the Holiday Magic brand. They didn't. Call, did they call it that? Uh, the, Zoline. They called it Zoline. Oh, he called it Holiday he Magic. He rebranded it and sold it under Holiday Magic. Are you looking at what $16,000 was? Yes. I'm going to say it's about $50,000. That's probably pretty close what do you think, Patrice? Did you find it yet? Not yet, but I'm... Okay, pop in when you get it. Okay, I will. This this business that he calls Holiday Magic is actually not really about the cosmetics. Oh, imagine that. It's about the structure. Is so pyramid scheme? Yes, there is a quote from Makeup Museum. The way in which Holiday Magic's hierarchy was arranged... Basically, they had they the salespeople were what they called holiday girls, and they were the women who could invest like twenty bucks, and they would be the ones who go this is door where to Mary door Kay came from. and I sell. I know, right? All you Mary think is Mary Kay, Kay and Avon, <laughs> and so they go door to door and they have the little parties. We all know, we all know what this looks like, right? We all know, you know, they're the they're the salespeople. Let me chime in with the. Um, Sixteen thousand dollars in nineteen sixty four. What is it? And today money is one hundred and fifty three thousand dollars. So, like, you know, it's weird because part of me is thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, how did he leave a ranch at fifteen with five borrow dollars? And but and, and part of me is like, well, maybe he really was, I don't know. Maybe well, he's been shystering people his entire life. I don't yeah, know. He's a con man. So, um, so you could buy in as a as a holiday girl who's a salesperson. You could buy in as an organizer for a little over a hundred dollars to about five hundred dollars. So they're buying the makeup that he bought out from this liquidation mm -hmm. sale. 
You could so basically and okay, so the next the genius. next level is the master distributor, which costs forty five hundred dollars to buy in at that level, Fuck. plus a two hundred and fifty dollar training fee that is never mentioned until you sign your contract. And then general distributors are the higher level, and that's like almost nine thousand okay. dollars plus training hold fees. On, hold on, in, in, in sixty four, like when is this happening? Which uh, year? This was 1964, 1965. Okay. And so they bought in at uh, 4500 mm-hmm. 4500 Okay. Let's yeah. Master Distributor is $4,500. So they would be buying in uh, nowadays at $43,000. Yeah. And so about double that then for the next level of distribution, which is the Master Distributor. So if a Master Distributor... Or no, I'm sorry. Master was 4,500. General distributor is the higher level. If a master distributor wants to become a general distributor, basically like move one level up, he has to pay his general distributor $4,500 to basically buy out his own contract. So he has to pay to be promoted in the sales hierarchy. And then he has to find a replacement for himself who immediately that person has to immediately buy about $7,000 worth of inventory and the general guy gets 10% commission. It gets like really confusing really fast. But yeah. what it means is every single person who's participating in this hierarchy is paying out the ass to do so. And happily so. And oh, yeah. there was one article that talked about the fact that he probably targeted um, like people of color communities. He targeted people who didn't trust the establishment. He targeted and, you know, it's like the 1960s and 70s, you know, welcome to the world. You know, everybody doesn't trust the establishment. Everybody doesn't trust government. Everybody's mad at somebody. You know, he goes with this idea that like big companies aren't looking out for you and you need to be independent and you need to look after your own interests and be a real man. And, you know, so you need to be buying into this and support yourself. You know, you're an independent contractor. It gives you more power. So So he's doing all of this stuff. So this is the way that William Penn Patrick makes a million dollars in a year. He buys a yacht he buys an airport he buys airport with vintage planes he buys a ranch where he builds a nine bedroom 13 bathroom mansion with indoor and outdoor pools i mean like in in practically no time the promotional materials i know right the promotional materials for holiday magic told people that they would make like forty thousand dollars in annual salaries and that it does say adjusted for inflation was like three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year Okay, let's see. I already said that. So he's like kind of on top of the world because as soon as he launches this, because of the structure, he launches it in because he's basically making people pay him to work for him. He is really on top of the world. And in 1960, this is just a a year after he launches the company in 1965, he's like, I'm going to make my 10 year plan for myself come true. He launches a campaign in California for governor against Ronald Reagan. And he is the conservative candidate. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I am going to, like, he be makes, mute on all my political uh, blabbery that Reagan, I just want to talk about I know. Right he now. makes Reagan look like a flaming liberal in, in, this, in this platform. He spends a million dollars in this campaign against Ronald Reagan and gets the floor just wiped with him. I mean, like, Ronald Reagan destroys him. <laughs> He loses by a landslide. He makes like 34,000 votes and Reagan gets like millions. Because mm-hmm. he was a movie star already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like he was going to win, you know. Mm-hmm. But this guy continues to, you know, there's really, it seems like there's probably nothing in William Penn Patrick's life that can make him believe in himself less. <laughs> so he um, he's so obsessed with like his own worthiness that in 1967, he writes this booklet called Happiness and Success Through Principle. 
the principles that he extols in this booklet are complete honesty towards yourself and other people, uh-huh. courage to stand up and fight for what you believe, and differentiating between like selfishness and greed. Like selfishness is something that he says you it just shows that you you know what you want, and you're willing to work for it, and that's okay. And greed is an extension of selfishness to the point where you want something for nothing. These are his words. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Was he talking to the people that he's extorting money from? Exactly. To sell his product. It's a. I know. It's like based on the way his company works. It's it's amazing that he's able to write an entire booklet on his personal virtues and how but, everyone should be following them well, when he's not following them. I'm so yeah. So ahead. he feels so empowered by these principles that he starts a new company based on the principles to teach other leaders how to live. Basically, to teach other leaders how to live according to his guidelines. And is he asking for fifty thousand dollars for this leadership? Uh, not well. Let's see. What's one thousand dollars per? Uh, so it's called Leadership Dynamics Institute. It's about eight thousand dollars, probably. Because I feel like everything you've said is like eight times. It's yeah. It's probably about that. He made a lot of saying that his Holiday Magic Company and Leadership Dynamics were separate entities, but almost everybody in high positions in this Leadership Dynamics Company was also a, a vice president in Holiday Magic. And William Penn Patrick owned Leadership Dynamics with the then president and CEO of Holiday Magic, whose name, believe it or not, was Ben Gay. Uh. Ben Gay was a 25-year-old from Atlanta. He went to Georgia State for a year, joined the Coast Guard Reserve, which took him to California. And that's where he met William Penn Patrick, apparently, because their stories are very similar that way. It's like we went and did formal education and we're glad we got out and we joined the School of Hard Knocks instead. And then we moved out and became self-made men. Ben Gay was a high-level instructor at Leadership Dynamics. And they set it up so that these two completely unrelated companies... If you wanted to go up the ladder in Holiday Magic, you had to pay $1,000 to take a Leadership Dynamics four-day seminar course. So you're basically required to pay it and go take this course if you want to move up the ladder at Holiday Magic. So it's bad enough. They're already paying in to be part of the sales system. Now you have to pay to be part of this leadership seminar team. I can't believe people did this. There are so many people who did it. I can't believe it. So it many people. Like that cult, too. Yeah. It sounds very cultish. What's the cult? Which, I mean, the last one, how many? The Exis. Oh, Nexium. Nexium. Because a lot of them, a lot of that, like, uh, yeah, a lot of them are there. There are all these, and I found out way more than I ever wanted to know about these, like, leadership training companies that are really cults. Mm -hmm. But um, so this is the part where you're just may not believe what I'm telling you. Here we go. This is what hooked me on this story Leadership Dynamics Institute. There were a couple of guys who went to this training named Gene Church and Conrad Carnes in 1970. And two years later, they wrote a tell-all book about their experience going to this Leadership Dynamics Institute training. And the book is called The Pit, A Group Encounter Defiled. It's now out of print. You can't get a copy ah. of it. It's, it's $350 on Amazon to get a copy of this book. I found an excerpt. Which I will read to you now. Oh, shit. What's the, what is Actually, it? the excerpt is maybe the, the tamest part of it. So, um, But, you know, so they've taken this small group of, of 
for reasons that I can't tell you yet, because it would ruin the surprise, they separate people by sex. So they've got like the, the men are required to bring their wives on these retreats, apparently. And they they put the wives all in one leadership group and they put the men all in one. Like the wives had to be involved in it, too. Apparently. Are they swingers? No. Please tell me they're swingers. Oh, Don't answer yet. Sorry. No, they're not swingers, though. Okay. So, okay. So the guys are describing this this room, the seminar room that they've been brought into um, to, at the start of the, the stuff. And this is the, the quote from the book. In the very center of the room was a pedestal draped in velvet upon which was what appeared to be an Aladdin's lamp. Ben, meaning Ben Gay, was carrying what appeared to be a riding crop or a Marine Corps swagger stick. Okay. While speaking, he would bring it to his left palm or strike the side of his thigh with it. Ben was explaining the symbolism of the lamp on the table. It was, he told us, a chalice. It would represent truth and honesty to us. As each of us in our own turn and in our own way found our particular moment of truth, we would move to the other side of the chalice until each of us had experienced complete and total self-honesty. Uh-oh. The purpose of, and Ben says, the purpose of LDI is not only to help you get into the room, but to physically force you inside the room to keep you there until you find the chalice, which is which represents their personal truth. No matter how long it takes, he says, we will do whatever is necessary to force each of you to find your moment of truth. Uh-oh. So Ben walks over in front of the man nearest him and says, if it's necessary for us to simply pat you on the back for you to find honesty within yourselves, what do you think we will do? And the whole class says, pat him on the back. So Ben pats the man on the back. He goes to the second man. If it's necessary to kiss someone on the top of his head to make him honest, what will we do? Uh-oh. The class Uh-oh. goes, kiss him on the head. So Ben leans down and kisses the man on the forehead. Happy he then moves in front of my friend Bill Schwartz and says, if it's necessary, gentlemen, for us to beat the shit out of someone until Ooh. he can't stink- think straight enough to lie, what do you think we're going to do? And the class is like, uh... <laughs> and after a couple beats, a couple guys go like, beat the shit out of him? Oh, my God. And then Ben says, that's right. And he positions himself squarely in front of Schwartz, draws back, and with a full swing, hits him squarely in the face, throwing him backwards out of his chair and into the wall. This is what actually happened at Leadership Dynamics Institute training. club. I thought it was going to somewhere else. It goes, it gets worse. I thought it was like, yeah. What did you think they were going to say? He needs to pull down his pants. Okay, well, okay, hold on. Let me help you. No, they don't. They, As far as I know, they well, didn't actually was... engage in, like, forcible sexual stuff in the class. Okay. Well, not that's funny, but it makes you think of Nixie. I'm going back to Nixie. Nixie, like, I know. Just because it's all about manipulating people to do go, things. Yeah. Know, sucky, sucky, the volleyball man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think you killed Patrice. <laughs> well, that's what they did to him. <laughs> oh my god! It's not funny, but I it's was funny. Not <laughs> well, it's not funny until you say "sucky, sucky" the volleyball man. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. You yes, we know. Right. I watched two documentaries on Nexium. I'm sorry. Okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> the crazy shit that happened on these four-day seminars. They made a movie out of it in 1981. Ooh. Oh, I happened to have watched the movie last oh, week. Fuck. It's oh, called yeah. It's called Circle of Power, or maybe Brainwashed, or maybe Naked Weekend. That's it went I under watched? It went under three different names, and it was oh. in 1981. Oh, so that was three different titles. Not it's the three title. different titles. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> I was, I found it maybe. under I found it under Circle of Power on the Roku channel. Or maybe brainwashed. But maybe. well, because they released it with three different titles. 
but I haven't seen anybody who can get it under Naked Weekend. But that was one of the titles that it was apparently released under. So not this was just this whole like beating the shit out of people idea was just the beginning of what they did in Leadership Dynamics Institute training. So they they basically got everybody in a semicircle. And the person in charge would call someone into what they called the pit, which is the center of the semicircle, and make them strip naked. They would have to stand naked in front of everybody else in, in the room. And then they would start, like, needling them on something to get oh. them to admit to something that would, yeah. like, be some sort of dramatic truth-telling. So it wasn't a success unless this person had basically an entire fucking mental breakdown on the floor. So they would do whatever it took to get each person on the floor to have an entire fucking mental what, breakdown. They some blackmail fodder? No. Oh. They were just breaking them. Oh. It's, it's like sadistic. So, like... In the weird thing is, so I watched the movie before I started reading excerpts of the books and the interviews from the men who wrote the books. And the 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 movie is remarkably like some of it is word for word what was said in the book. So which really bothered me because this 1981 movie that's like hokey in the way that all 1981 movies mm-hmm. would be. It's got like the person, the only person I recognized in it is the the woman who played Ferris Bueller's mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ferris Bueller. And um and it's just like kind of meh, everything's really grainy and everything. Well, they they get these guys into the room after, you know, all this weird like build up that you get in 80s movies. And there's this overweight salesman who walks into the pit and they make him strip naked. And then the the person who's in charge of their group goes up to him and says, why are you so fat? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, I guess I eat too much and she's like no really why are you so fat and starts like insulting him like you can't stop eating you're fat like a pig there's a woman in the in the movie they had a woman be in charge of the men's group Uh it appears that in the book ben gay was actually the person who was in charge of the men's group Uh so like but they beat this guy down and i was like i was sitting there watching this because there's full frontal nudity in this 1981 Ah. movie like these guys stand in the middle of the pit like naked and you're sitting there watching this happen and this person is being like just raked over and like humiliated in a like i was sitting there with my jaw on the floor in this 1981 movie i'm not even kidding i was like holy shit and she gets him to the point where like she's like only pigs eat without stopping eating and like are you a pig and he's like no ma'am she's like what do pigs eat and everybody in the group is like garbage slop they bring him a plate and this happened they bring him a plate of garbage with coffee grounds on it put it on the ground and made him eat it in front of everybody and then they put him in a goddamn cage and left him there while everybody else went on coffee break they kept him in a cage like throughout and like and just basically kept on needling him about his weight i mean like until he broke down and started saying that like he gets he stayed overweight to keep people away from him because someone had abused him as a child and he wanted to be overweight so nobody would want to abuse him again like they they put people through like this horrible shit and i thought that this was just a movie but it it isn't to what end what do they want i don't know oh like it's that's part of the problem is that it's they really not, it's fucking sadistic. You already paid they them. Control, they guess. want con- they make that you, you already, already paid them. Paid them. Are you going to keep paying them? I don't know. Okay. I mean, like it's just. I mean, you don't pay again for the LDI seminar. There was like there was an old guy in the stories who was an alcoholic. They put him in a coffin and took him out and fucking buried him 
with his wife crying next to him because they wanted him to appreciate life. They like there was a cross and there was a guy who like would take all the beatings because he was kind of like they were like, you're being too much of a martyr. You're not standing up for yourself. You're just a coward. So they picked him up and they tied him to a cross and left him there like it was sleep deprivation, starvation, separation from other people. I mean, it was all this cult shit and like literal torture and abuse. They really did. They really did beat the shit out of people and they turned them on each other so that if any they gave them all roommates and if any of them tried to leave their roommate was to inform on them or their roommate would also get the shit beat out of him. Where were they doing this in California? Yeah. And And where were their wives? They they had the same thing to them. So now I couldn't get a clear picture of whether in the book they covered what actually happened to the wives. But in the movie, if it's as, you know, if it's accurate the way a lot of what I saw the comparisons were, they took the wives into a separate room and basically did the same thing to them. So like there was one woman who in the movie was saying that, you know, she she sent her kids to daycare and they didn't approve of that. And they thought that she didn't want her kids. So they ended up saying they were going to call DHR and get her kids taken away from her and you know, basically like beat her down with this idea until she said, I want my kids. I want my kids. I mean, like they, they tortured people. They used like racial slurs. They used expletives. They used like epithets against people. Like the women were repeatedly asked about whether they come when they have sex Ah! with their husbands. I mean, it's just like all this kind of, it's just like one guy threw up because he had just been beaten like half to death and they made him eat his vomit they had one of the guys who wrote the book like they beat him so much and they strangled him to the point where he passed out they had an oxygen tank on hand so that they could revive him because they knew that he was going to pass out and they did this for a fucking leadership training this is for a makeup company and they did this like in multiple locations they went no idea how hard those mary kay ladies i know right they those mary (laughs) kay ladies go through it they go through it like after you do this you can take any hard customer of any wonder tough cells so but they did it they did it internationally and there was one point where they did one of these seminars in in england at the excelsior hotel and they got like they got sent off of the premises and like removed from their list forever like you can't ever come back here because they thought they were just doing a business seminar and then they started hearing people screaming and they finally like went in and intervened and got them kicked out i mean it's so has some sense so this got bizarre and extreme so Thank God, though, that the Leadership Dynamics Institute didn't last all that long because um, State of California filed suit against Holiday Magic in 1972. Uh, 1973, Avon Products <laughs> sued them because they had had people going around distributing flyers saying that Avon Products, like, people were goon squads and they were, like, they were, like, intimidating folks. Oh, my God. They, in 1973, the SEC filed a lawsuit, um charging William Penn Patrick with bilking 80,000 people out of more than $250,000 through the company. Um, and some people said that like being in holiday magic setup was like, what is this is a makeup museum article said this, it was like being thrown into a dark pit. The only way you can get out is to drag another person in with you and step on his shoulders. Oh my and God. that's how pyramid schemes work, you know? Yeah. And it was one of the and first folks. companies that was um, investigated by the FCT- FCC as being a pyramid scheme company. Uh- and um, it, it set off a flurry of other investigations of other companies. 
afterwards, um, after 1973, when the Federal Trade Commission um, found them guilty of deceptive trade practices. Oh, my God. Um, so in Holiday Magic's case, it was estimated, and this is from, um, yeah, oh, no, the Makeup Museum article was really like the main source mm-hmm. of a lot of this. 55% of the of the the makeup that they were supposed to have sold was never distributed to customers at all. There were people Sorry. who had garages full of their product who couldn't sell it. Um and uh Ben Gay, uh who was who was president and CEO at the time of the ST, FTC investigation said that less than 10% of the products sold to distributors ever actually reached customers that there could be sawdust in those jars he said. And nobody would have And known, nobody nobody would have, have cared because they never would have gotten it. It was all about the structure. So, um, you know, William Penn Patrick has already gone through all I mean, in this very short amount of time, right? He's gone through these multiple companies, he's become a millionaire, he's tried politics and failed. Started Fight Club. Started Fight Club. The thing that he's interested in still is airplanes. So he starts a company called Spectrum Air at some point during this. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that he starts an airplane company? It's just the whole airplane fascination with the like a lot of these people that make a whole lot of money. Yeah, I and and this this put me in mind of some of the guys that you've talked about as and the cocaine bear guy especially mm. um, because so through Spectrum he founded he I told you he bought an airport right mm. so he had an air museum also and there were a couple different types of planes that he kept as like historical monuments the company was supposed to also service and repair airplanes but it seems like he ran it like he did everything else where like the the end result was much more important than all the legwork and knowledge that would be required to reach the end result um, with really no concern for what the consequences of that might be. So in September 24th, 1972, uh, an F-86 that was um, flown by one of the Spectrum employees, it was one of Spectrum's planes, took off and crashed almost immediately into an ice cream parlor in Sacramento, oh. killing 22 people, 10 of which were children of attending birthday parties. Oh, my God. More than $9 million in damage actions arose from that accident. And um, they also, they couldn't even figure out how, like, how did he get the plane? Because it was supposed to be, so it was a Canadian plane, I guess, and it was used as a memorial in front of some town hall somewhere. And he had somehow gotten his hands on it. And it was 100%, it was a shell. It was like unsuitable for flying. And he had somehow gotten it and gotten it in the air without any inspection, without any, like, somehow he had done this. And they were like, it's it's amazing to us that anybody was even able to get that thing off the ground. And he never should have had anybody flying it. So, um, and just a year later, in June 1973, he himself crashed his own plane that he flew from his own privately owned, you know, area. And he died. And he, died. And he killed somebody else who oh. also worked with Holiday Magic, who was flying with him oh. at the same time. Um you know, it's because he was undertrained on the plane that he was using. And, you know, it's just like all these things. All, it's mm-hmm. just like he just this is that whole like you can just say you can just say that you can do anything and think that you don't have to learn how to do the thing <laughs> before you do it. And somehow you expect to 
succeed. Uh And then he fucking makes how many millions of dollars? Welcome to narcissistic. Yeah, I know, right? And the uh, so that's the end of my. uh, This turned out to be a shockingly depressing story, really. (laughs) Um, But it's here's the thing, though. Ben Gay, who was actually a real person, Ben Gay. That no, he has nothing to do with (laughs) Ben Gay the Cream. Which I'm like, what the hell? His name was Benjamin Gay the Third. Maybe he did actually good. Maybe it was his family. His name is Benjamin Gay the Third. He is on fucking LinkedIn. One, the guy who's He's walking around with a riding crop at Leadership Dynamics and like beating the shit out of people, he so. is still selling his bullshit. He is on LinkedIn. He has a podcast. He runs a seminar series. He sold a book called The Closers. And he talks about the <laughs> fact that he was so successful in this wonderful <laughs> chain called Holiday Magic in the 60s. Oh, I was just like, oh my fucking my God. God. So, you know, if you feel like trolling anybody today, yes. have have a good time. Have at it. He's like 80 something and he's still being interviewed as a stellar salesman. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, hate I see his Facebook, a living legend in the sales world. Now in his 46 year professional selling, he has been the number one salesperson in every. Well, that's the end. The funny thing is, like, you can read his websites and all of this stuff and you can tell he wrote it all himself, too. Mm, it's just I like, you know, he's the greatest. If he just can. It's the same thing. It's like if he continues to create this like mythology around himself, people will believe him. Imagine. Because he's an old white dude. Oh, my God. That's exactly it. Yeah. So that's so the funny. story that right there. Me of this TikTok that I was watching at three o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> when you watch the TikToks, right? At least when I do. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I like to watch the guys. They're like doing the street busking and they're like doing the tunes and they get people to come in and, and like perform with them and stuff. And he's like, hey, I'll give you $50 if you'll pay, if you'll like, you know, play the guitar solo for like, you know whatever I'm doing and stuff. And so he asks this one dude and he's like, okay, how good are you with guitar? And he's like, he's like one out of 10. He's like, Oh, I'm definitely 11. I'm, I'm good. I can mm-hmm. do this. I can do this solo. He's like, okay, I'm gonna give you the guitar and you do the solo and stuff. So he's, you know, the dude says he's on 11 with guitar playing stuff. So the guy's like, you know, doing the little rhythm guitar and he's like, and the guy comes in and is like, it's horrible. It's so horrible. And the guy's like, get the fuck out of here. And so this lady walks up and he's like, hey, he's like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you'll do like this guitar solo. He's like, so as far as guitar solos go, like, you know, how good are you? And she's like, oh, I'm about a three. She fucking kills it. <laughs> it is so amazing. Like the dude's jaw is dropping. And whether or not it's all staged or whatever, it's, it's, I don't care. But it's like, you know, but she gives herself a three. Yeah. You know, and the other guy's like, oh, I'm an 11. It's like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. And that is, thing. that really is the story. That's it's the like, story it's right the there. thing, you know? And all in the name of cosmetics. Oh, I just don't, I don't get it. Just opportunities. Right? I don't get it, man. Yeah, Opportunity and suckers. I just, yes, yes. Well, I could probably say more, but I won't. Yes. I'll let us go. Thank, Thank you for listening. So much for listening. We appreciate you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This fucker. We have a mutual friend on Facebook. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs>